Yes, Lord. Awesome. Let's give him a hand, eh? Praise God. Thanks, guys. Well, here we are. A lot has gone on this morning, and um, truly encourage you right now not to grow weary, but to grow in expectation of what might be. Amen. Just uh, let's prepare ourselves. Because I truly believe that um, as I was preparing myself for this, that um, Holy Spirit wants to do a mighty work in that. So, why don't you just stand for a second? Shake out a leg. All right, I don't want you to go wandering. Give yourself a stretch because I want you to be alert. Let us not grow weary, the book word says in doing good and we're doing good this morning we're doing good this morning okay take your seat you fully stretched out praise the lord cool you know over the last uh couple of months we've been looking at uh the godhead of god the father and god the son we thought it was only pertinent that uh we also include god the holy spirit because, you know, when you talk to people about God, they either, you know, refer to God the Father or to Jesus. And in a lot of ways, many times, Holy Spirit seems to be pushed aside or not valued as highly as, as He should. Um, if you like the sporting analogy, He's often taken to the sideline and, and many times left on the bench. But, you know, as far as God's concerned, one plus one plus one equals one. Now, some of you intellects might think that's not good math. But uh, God's not about our intellect. Okay. And so Holy Spirit is one just as much as Jesus is one, just as much as God the Father is one, because they work in perfect unity with one another. And each of them have a place and a purpose in our life and it's not only about knowing God or knowing of him because it's easy to to learn about God we can read the Bible we can read many books and much has been written about him over the years but the fact remains it's not about knowing about him it's knowing him a lot of you and I think I've said this before know about my wife but you don't know her like I know her why because I have an intimate relationship with her and you don't all right and so we need to allow each unique person of the godhead expression in our life and so looking at holy spirit over the next 5 weeks or the next five uh, sermons, we're going to look at how not so much, you know, we've often talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of uh, aspects of the Holy Spirit, but I want to look and I've purposefully um, orientated this series towards learning about who Holy Spirit is, okay? And through that, we will learn about what He does. If I reflect um, 
each aspect of God, we see this, that God the Holy Spirit, okay, I mean, God the Father secures my identity. You got that? We adopt it into his family. We adopt his name. He is the one who gives us our identity, God the Father. Then we look at God the Son. It is his salvation. He secures our salvation. You got that? God the Son secures our salvation. And it is God the Spirit who secures our purpose. Can I say that again? God the Father secures our identity. God the Son secures our salvation. God the Holy Spirit secures our purpose. We're going to be exploring this because in knowing Holy Spirit, my overhead's gone off. Sorry? It's died. But we're alive, amen? Obviously, projectors don't get saved. And so, let's look at this because really, guys, if we don't understand the uniqueness of the Holy Spirit, we're going to fall into the trap of thinking like many um, talk about these days and start to believe in the theology of cessation. The theology of cessation is basically this. Once the apostles and the early church fathers died, Holy Spirit stopped working. And I say, no. No, he didn't. It's often why they called it the Dark Ages, because the work of the Holy Spirit was so squashed. It was just easier to say, read your Bibles, because now the Bible had been printed and the Bible, um, you know, was the Word was written. So it was much easier just to say, read your Bible and do what your Bible says. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But what we've got to understand is that the work of the Holy Spirit brings uniqueness into the words of the Bible, relates it to us on a personal level. And so we don't believe in the theology of cessation because we believe the Holy Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever, just as Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, just the same as God the Father is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And so what we read about the Holy Spirit in the Bible is true for us today. And as Bible-believing, Christ-following, Spirit-filled Christians, we are going to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Can I see and hear an amen? Amen. And why is this? Because Mark 16 clearly says that those who believe will see the miraculous manifestation of the Holy Spirit. He came as tongues of fire to the disciples on the day of Pentecost and has not ceased to be the critical part of the Christian church to this day. And so we're going to look afresh at how Holy Spirit expressed himself in the Scriptures. You know what? He can be visibly seen. He can be he's audible. He can be heard and he can be felt. And we see this both in the Old and New Testament through the experiences of people that we read about. 
But also, more importantly, he has continually worked post-cross and continues to work to this day. Amen. And so we know about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in Romans and 1 Corinthians and in Galatians 5. And we know all this because we've we experienced it. You know, Jesus promised to send one. He did. He promised to send one that would guide us into all truth. John 16, 7 to 13 tells us this. And so our aim is to view the Holy Spirit as He is and how He expresses Himself to the world. Today we're going to look at how He is expressed as the wind. We're also going to look at how the Bible refers to him as oil and as a dove and as fire and also as water. And in all these manifestations, we're going to see unique personal side of the Holy Spirit. And in that, I believe that we as a, as a church, but more importantly as individuals, will desire to see him work in our life more and more. So are you ready for this journey? Give a gentle tap to the person next to you and say, get ready for, to this journey. So the Holy Spirit as wind. You know, we first encounter or see the Holy Spirit as wind in Genesis 2.7, where we see that God had formed man out of the dust of the earth. And he did what? breathed into him you know it's interesting that both the hebrew and the greek language that was written to, that was used to write the old and new testaments the word used for wind is the same as breath as the same as spirit in the new testament it's pneumia okay it's where we get pneumatic from, pneumatic tires, okay? Tires filled with air. And so spirit, wind, and breath are the same. What's interchangeable and what, what, um, uh, which word you use is dependent on the context. And so in Genesis 2.7, we see God breathing in his spirit, the breath of God into Adam, and he became alive. You jump to John 20, 21, and it says this, Jesus said, Peace be with you. And this is to the apostles as they gathered after his, re um, after his death and resurrection. You know the story. If you don't, go to John 20 and read about it. But he says this, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And in verse 22, and with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Two places, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. The breath of God breathed into Adam, gave him spirit, uh, physical life. In the New Testament, when Jesus breathed on them, he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They became alive spiritually. You know, I believe. That is at this point, this point, that, the, that these believers became born again. That they became fully alive in Christ. 
that the Holy Spirit came to live in them. Jesus is not a liar. When he said, receive the Holy Spirit, guess what they did? They received the Holy Spirit. When we are born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. You, are, you have become fully alive in Christ. Amen? This is not something that we earn. This is not something that we do a checklist and then God says, okay, now you're ready. When we come to Christ with a repentant heart and lay our life down, we receive the Holy Spirit. This is the gift of God. We don't earn it. You got it? I think you've heard us talk enough about that. But isn't it interesting that if we skip over to Acts 2, we see the fulfillment of what Jesus spoke about in Luke 24. See, these guys had received the Holy Spirit. They were born again. But then Jesus said, guys, you're not ready. Wait in the city until you receive the gift from on high. Isn't that interesting? You see, you can have discussions with people about the timing and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Some people believe that baptism in the Holy Spirit is one with receiving the Holy Spirit as our salvation. But here we see quite clearly the early disciples received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them. The wind of the Spirit came into their life, but they were yet to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is why Jesus says, wait. You know what happened in between that? Well, we know that a few of them went fishing again because they were just wondering what to do. They didn't know what to do. Maybe they were getting frustrated. Maybe they were afraid. Maybe they didn't know their purpose. But in Acts 2, that all changed. Because when on the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Get that, people. Holy Spirit came like the sound of a violent wind. Not a gentle breeze. Who's ever been in a, in a violent wind? Yeah. It's not a gentle breeze. But there was a rushing wind. And filled the whole house where that where they were sitting, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You see, you have Jesus breathing on them and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, the wind of the Holy Spirit coming into their life." making them fully alive. And yet, they still, their purpose had not been defined. As I was reflecting upon this, I see this in many Christians. They have fully committed themselves to Christ. They have received the Holy Spirit. They are born again. And yet, there is still that sense of what is my purpose. What am I actually meant to do from here on in? And this is a challenge, my friends. 
because the work of the Holy Spirit through you is a normal part of your Christian walk. Can I say that again? It's a normal part. The world sees it as supernatural, but for us, it is fully natural. For us to be walking in the Spirit, the the Bible describes us walking in the Spirit. It means, you know, if you're walking, you're normally going to a place. You normally walk with purpose, don't you? You walk with a destination in mind and a plan in mind. Otherwise, you know what you're doing? You're just walking around in circles aimlessly. But we don't walk aimlessly, do we? Is anyone here walking aimlessly in life? It's a serious question. Because if you are, you need the Holy Spirit to direct you. You need a more intimate relationship with Him. And this is the challenge. Today, if you are born again, if you have received the gift of salvation through the Son of God, let me say this, you are fully alive. The old has gone, the new has come. Amen? The old has gone, the new has come. If you've committed yourself to the Lordship of Jesus, then He has breathed upon you. But have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, what's the difference? Someone is asking right now in their heart. Someone is saying, what is the difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, let me say it like this. The first is an awakening. Just as when God breathed into the nostrils of Adam, what did he do? His eyes opened and he saw the wonder of what he was before him. He saw the wonder of creation. He took that first breath and he took in the perfection of everything God had provided. Were we not amazed afresh the first time God breathed the Holy Spirit into us and we were born again? Did not our world look different did not the the sky look bluer did not our life become more fulfilled that born again experience the day god breathed into us spiritually we took in his wonder and we were amazed at his glorious nature you see receiving the holy spirit makes us alive there is an awakening. That's why it is called born again. Now, some of you might have screamed like a baby screams when they're born. But isn't it wonderful that as we grow in the Holy Spirit, we learn to walk in all of that. It, see, the first is an awakening. The second is an enabling. The baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon those disciples in the upper room. And what was the first thing they did? They boldly proclaimed the message of the cross. They boldly proclaimed 
Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because up until then, they were too afraid to even open their mouth. All they did was want to go back fishing. And my friends, this is a challenge and, th- and this is where I need to really speak plainly. Because a lot of us have been born again, but we're still too scared to walk in the Spirit. There's a, there's a fear in us to speak about Jesus Christ. There's a fear to step out in faith. There is a fear that is holding us back, whether it's a fear of man, fear of rejection, fear of what if I don't get it right. All these fears creep in just as they did with the early disciples. The first is an awakening. The second breath, the violent rushing wind, is an enabling. We need that enabling. Jesus commanded it. Wasn't a, it wasn't a suggestion. He didn't say, guys, if you've got nothing else to do, just wait around uh, till, I, till I send something for you. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment. And this morning, there is a commandment from on high to ask, to ask, can I say to ask? Because if you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't ask, you don't get. The Bible says it clearly. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. You think you're right. I'm born again. But that is not the destination, my friends. Hallelujah. That is the beginning of our journey. Destination is heaven. In the meantime, we are sojourning through this earth. We have got this next 60, 70, 80, 100 years of walking on this earth. And we need the enabling of the Holy Spirit. Can I get the music team to come up? The worship team, please. Now, I can go on and on and on, but this is not a scholastic lesson. This is not about filling your head with knowledge. This is about laying ourselves open before the Holy Spirit. And if you have never been awakened in your spirit, if you have never been born again, if you have never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, then you need to do it right now. There is an awakening that happens in our life. We are no longer dead. Our spirit becomes fully alive. If you want to be born again this morning, then you come. But I know most of you here are born again. My question to you is, have you been enabled? Are you still drifting through your Christian walk without any great sense of purpose? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do you speak in tongues? You see, we see five occasions in Acts where they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they started to speak in other languages. For us, as a CRC church, we believe this is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
And if you have asked God for baptism in the Holy Spirit, but there's been a blockage in your expression of speaking in tongues, then you need to ask again. You need to ask God to allow the rivers of living water to flow out from you. There is an enabling that comes when we ask Holy Spirit to fully immerse us in Him. Fully immerse us. So my question is, have you received the baptism in the Holy Ghost? Have you been enabled? Have you been empowered to fulfill your purpose? Or is that still that sense of hiding away in the upper room, still too afraid to proclaim Jesus as the Christ? Today that can change. Not because you will learn something new, but that Holy Spirit as the wind will blow upon you. And you know what happens when there's a nice gentle breeze on a hot summer's day? There is a refreshing. There is a refreshing. And by faith, we're going to believe for that refreshing here this morning. So why don't we stand? If you feel you need to, I want you to come forward. Even if you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you want a refreshment. Because, you know, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is not just a one-off event. It happens continuously because, you know, we're actually supposed to leak the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is actually meant to leak out from us. As we walk in our journey with Christ, we leave a trail of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be refreshed, refilled time and time again actually the more you walk with the spirit the more you need refilling just like the more you use your car the more times you've got to fill it up otherwise you start to work in your own strength so why don't we come forward as the worship team just leads us in a song and either receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit or be refilled again this morning Holy Spirit, do your work in this place. Thanks, guys. Bless.
says the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes so is everyone who is born of the spirit can I just quickly as we continue to pray and meditate just touch on these few things the wind blows is a simple statement which affirms a ceaseless action of the Holy Spirit. He is at work all the time in our life. There is never a moment when God, through His Spirit, is not actively at work. The wind blows where it wishes, talks of the sovereign freedom of the Holy Spirit. We can't control the wind or dictate its direction, neither can we control or dictate the Holy Spirit. And you hear the sound of it is indisputable evidence that the Holy Spirit makes himself known to us. You cannot tell where it comes from. You know, where does the wind start? Who knows? Where, has, where did God start? He's always been. And where does it go? Talks about our destiny in the Spirit. As we meditate on these things, let's say to ourselves, Lord, I will follow you. I will follow you. We are one. Holy Spirit, we are one. So, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that in these things, Lord, we are able to say yes and amen. And that every promise given to us through your word, revealed to us by the Holy Spirit, as it comes like the wind, Lord, enables us to be enabled and empowered to walk by the Spirit. So thank you for this morning, Lord. Let us meditate on these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.